You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. God fights for us in times of struggle. Discover more about this truth in this series Week 1 Message by Pastor Saul Huang. Today, I get to open the series called More Than a Song. And in this coming weeks, it's going to be four weeks, we're going to talk about um, basically worship. Okay? We're going to dive into what we call the Book of Psalms. How many of you love the Book of Psalms? Yeah, I love, I love the book of Psalms. Of course, we all know it's written, more than half of it is written by David himself, right? And what's interesting to know is that there is a story behind every psalm that David wrote. And hopefully, in the coming weeks, we are going to dive into this and understand what's the story behind that song or that psalm that we're singing. Nowadays, we we changed already the melody, we changed everything, but we still use God's Word, the book of Psalms, right? We use it for our songs today. But we need to discover what are the story, or what's the story, or the circumstance that was in that psalm. Hopefully, in this coming week, okay, we will know how David worshipped in the different circumstances of his life. Alright? So let me just give you a preview of what's going to happen. We're going to start off on the fourth week. Okay, in the fourth week, we'll find out what David, how or how David worshipped in times of failure. Of course, we know that God restores us when we fail. The third week, we're going to talk about worship in times of injustice. In the second week, that's next week, in times of weakness, God is the source of what? Of our strength. And today, week one, in times of battle, God fights for us. Would you please stand up on your feet and open your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms, chapter uh, chapter 144, verse 9 to 11. Okay, if you don't have your Bibles, please look at the screen and join me in reading this. I will sing a new song to you, O God, on the ten-string lyre. I will make music to you, to the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David from the deadly sword. Can you read this aloud? Deliver me and rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies and whose right hands are deceitful. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you, God, for your word. Lord, my prayer today that you will come in a mighty way. Visit us, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit come. Speak to your people, God. Lord, today we open our hearts and our minds that we may receive, Lord God, the word, wisdom, Lord God, and enlightenment from you, Lord. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take your seats now. Okay. We all know that, you know, the psalm was written by David. And did you ever ask this question, what really transpired in that, in that uh, verse that we have just read? You know, songs are really made. For a purpose, right? You just don't randomly make songs because wala lang, feel mo lang mag, maggawa ng kanta or you just want to make a song. There is always a story behind it. And David wrote this psalm in the biggest battle of his life, right? Literally speaking, there was a big battle happening, alright? So how many of you know this battle? Any, anyone who can tell me what, what happened in this psalm? What battle was that? Any guess? Wala, okay. Alright, let me just tell you na lang, okay? It's the battle of David and Goliath, alright? 
Although this is not really David's battle. In fact, um, it was just circumstantial. He just came in or God actually provided that time. But it was not David's battle. Okay? It was not the battle of David. Also, we need to understand that this, ba- this, ba- this certain battle is a battle between two nations. All right? Israelites and the Philistines. Okay? There was a great battle between them. But you know what's interesting about this story is not about the battle between David and Goliath, not about Israelites, not just about the Israelites or the Philistines, but it is a battle between the God of Israel versus the God of the Philistines. Now, why do we know that? If you, if you look at the ancestry of the Philistines, they all come from the Greeks. And we all know the Greeks have, what, many gods. And when they came up with this, with this uh, uh, tradition, when it comes to fighting, okay, all they needed was to put up a champion. It was economical. Diba? That all they need is one champion from one camp, another champion from the other camp. But what's interesting is that since because they believe in gods, they think that the, the battle is determined by the god. So whoever wins, that means that the, the god is the winner. I mean, that's the real god. So this is really quite interesting because, you know, the, the, whole, the whole battle that's happening between, the, between Israel and between the Philistines or between David and Goliath was a battle between who's the right god. That's interesting to find out. And in that story, we also found out that Saul and the whole army of Israel were what? They were afraid, they were terrified, and they were in fear. Think about that. That's why there was a standoff. And this guy, alright, this Goliath guy, was basically in their face every single day for 40 days. Can you imagine? Morning and nighttime, he would come and he would just, you know, declare, defy, or, or mock the, the armies of God. And this is the whole story where we're coming on. When David came in, um, his father, Jesse, asked him to basically go to the camp and see what was happening and see if his brothers, the three brothers, were still alive. Okay? Kaya nga, hindi nga niya, it was, he was not supposed to be there to fight Goliath. But let me read to you in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. This was David, the shepherd boy, the youngest among eight sons. He came in and witnessed the fight that was going on. There was no battle for 40 days, and it was Goliath who was shouting every single day. And David got so irritated, he got so mad, he asked this. David asked those standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace? From Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now he was just mad. Of course, we all know in that story as well, King Saul, who was afraid to fight Goliath, he actually offered three rewards. First thing is that the man that will fight against Goliath will be given wealth. Second, he will be what? Rewarded with his daughter. Okay, the king's daughter. And thirdly, he will, he will have a tax-free life. How many of you want a tax-free life? Uh, okay, we need to pay our taxes though. But you know, that, that, was the, that was the condition. But David wasn't really looking at, looking at that. But however, he was asking, what would be made with this, with this, with this Goliath guy? His concern was this. 
Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He was just mad. In the next verse, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him, and then they had a conversation. David and Saul talked. And this is what David said. Let no one lose heart. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, do not lose heart. David said, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Wow. We love the story. Okay, I have heard this story many, 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 many times. Growing up, this was one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And see, David stood up against Goliath. Now, if you were in his shoes today, and you are facing a giant, it's a life and death situation, how will you respond? Okay? David responded well and saying, you know, I'm going to fight him. Send me. Okay? Ako na. I'll do it. I will kill this giant. Now, I was wondering, what were the things going on in his mind? And why did he say that? I mean, how is he going to kill this giant? Of course, we all know the story, right? But this is what I want to find out. What was his secret? We want to find out what the secret was. How can David come up with or muster so much courage and strength and go face this Goliath guy? Well, we'll find out. Let me continue in our in our scripture. 1 Samuel 17, 33-37. Okay, this is it. Saul replied, You are not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. Why? Because you are little more than a boy. And he has been what? A warrior from his youth. So does not compute. You are nothing and he is somebody. Alright? He does not compute. But here's the response of David. And I love this response. David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on to me, I seized it by its hair. Nanabunot. Sabunotan sila ng lion. Struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. And here's my point. In verse 37, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me again from the hand of this Philistine. So what did Saul say? Go, the Lord be with you. It's just amazing how David took up so much courage. And the secret is this, which is my first point. David knew his God. Amen? David knew his God. He knew his God. The question we need to ask today is, do we know God enough to understand how he thinks and how he feels? You see, knowing God is not about a head knowledge. All my life, I have been you know, brought up in a, in a home that, that talked about God. I knew about Jesus. I knew about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I, I prayed. I knew about all these things, and these were all 
had knowledge. How did David then knew his God? It was through a personal experience. Or in other words, a personal relationship. If you, if you, if you remember, God said that David was a man after his own heart. In fact, he said to Samuel, you all know the story, right? We know that King Saul started everything. He was the first king. But he defied God, right? He was disobedient. So, he was taken out. Of, you know, at this time, there was just like, you know, the, the throne was taken out from him already in the, in the spiritual world. And then Samuel came and said, who am I going to anoint? Samuel the prophet. He says, you will find out in Jesse's you know, sons. One of them is after my own, my own heart. And when you talk about that, it talks about a relationship. David has had a deep relationship with his God. I don't know what happened in the, in the, in the meadow or in the pasture land, I guess how you call that. I don't know what happened there, but I, 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 I believe that David had so much relationship with God every single day of his life. And then that experience with what happened with the bear and the lion, hey, if I can kill a lion, if I can kill a bear, I can kill this giant. Why? Because there was a personal experience. You know what's sad today? is this. Sometimes many of us forget who our God is. I'm preaching that to myself as well. I can tell you countless stories of how God has been faithful in my life and in my family's life. I can tell you countless times. I can tell you countless provisions that He has given us. But, there comes a time when you are faced with a major, major circumstance, a problem, probably something that you are unable to handle. That is where, just like Saul and the whole army of Israel, that is where you fear the most. And that is where somehow every, everything, all the memory of God in your life suddenly dissipates. Suddenly, it, it is being erased. So when you're in front of a problem today, whatever you're facing today, somehow you magnify the problem and the, the thing with God, the one that He did for you in the past, that kind of slowly goes smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's what happens when you fear God, when you fear the situation. You tend to forget the goodness of God in your life. And I'm preaching that to myself. And it happens to everybody, to all of us. Amen? We all know that. And the second thing, the second secret that I could probably think of in the scripture is this. He knew what he was fighting for. Let's read. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David was fighting for something bigger than him. Many years back when I was a young Christian, somebody once told me that my or our individual destiny is tied into the bigger destiny of the church. Didn't really understand it. But I was, I was, thinking, about, I was thinking about David. His fight was for something bigger than him. 
And we look at, when we look at our situation today, and we look at our battles that we face with, we sometimes think it's our own battle. Right? And sometimes we see, we fail to see the bigger picture of what God is doing in your life. You see, David, going back to David, he was not looking at what he was doing, or just that small thing, but he was looking at the big picture. He was fighting for the honor and the glory of God's name. Amen? You see, the daily battles that we face today, whose honor and glory do we fight for? Every single day of our life, we, we battle. Okay? Do you agree? Every single day of our lives. In fact, after today, you go to your house, and then tomorrow begins, right? Para may post button lang ting Sunday, right? But when your when your Monday would strike in, here we go. The daily battle is here. Question is, who are you gonna honor? Who are you gonna glorify? Every single day, you can stand up for God, and David knew his battles. He knew what he was fighting for. How about us? What are you fighting for today? Is it just your, for your needs? For yourself? Or is it something bigger? Is it going to glorify God? Then we need to ask ourselves every, every, in fact today you could ask yourself that question. Am I fighting for myself? Or am I fighting to glorify and honor God in my life? It's a big difference. When you see the bigger picture, everything will make sense. Amen? Everything will make sense. Whatever you're going through today, if you stand up and you know what, what you're fighting for, you know, God, God in His majesty, in His goodness, will come and bless you. Amen? Alright. Let me read something what he wrote as well in Psalm 20, verse 6 and 7. He said here that now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. I like this. Some trust in what? Chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know our tendency today is that we can actually trust ourselves. Trust man. Trust in your income in your business, in your ability, in all of these things, if you trust them, believe me, it will not last. But if you trust God, something happens. Something happens. You see, if you trust God, then you can fight for His name. Amen? And lastly, I want to share this in, is this, the third point. He knew whose battle it was. You know, the last thing that you're going to do is that come into battle and don't understand why you're fighting that battle, right? Alam niyo mga, do you ever see those people that, you know, that, that came in to break up a fight, right? So while they were breaking up a fight, they, were, they wanted to do something and help them and they, they got into the fight and the other one got into the fight and everything just went haywire and chaotic. And when they, at the end of the day, with all their bleeding noses and then their eyes, you know, they just didn't know what happened. I mean, that's, that's funny because that's sometimes how, how we are. We go into an everyday thing and not understand whose battle it is we are fighting for. And David knew that. David knew whose battle it was. 
In 1 Samuel 17, verse 46 and 47, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And this is basically David talking to Goliath. Okay? This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. Let me continue. And the whole world, say the whole world, see, bigger picture, right? Whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle what is the Lord's and He will give all of you into our hands. You see, the real battle belongs to God. It's never ours. I don't know about you, but I really find comfort in that. Every single day, every, every circumstance that, that you are in, the battle is the Lord's. Alright, let me, let me convince you with this, alright? If you can't see it, let me read you a scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. What does it say? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of darkness, or the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So if you're not yet convinced, okay, that the battle is not yours, understand today, it's not just a physical battle that we are facing, facing with. Amen? It is something in the spirit. As we speak, there's a battle going on in the heavenly realm. And the, the, uh, the word says that we struggle not with the flesh, and the blood. It's never about the physical situation. It's not about the real world. It's about what's happening in the spiritual realm. That's why you all know this. It is not by might, not by power, but only by His Spirit. You see, we have to understand that the battles we face with today okay, is not what you only see in the physical realm. But it is of the Spirit. That's why when you talk about worship, the enemy wants you not to worship him. Because once you're down, you're fearful, you're doubtful, and suddenly unbelief sets in, you don't believe in God, guess what? The enemy wins. That's why our struggle really is not by what we see, but in the Spirit. We have to rely and trust God that this is your battle, God, and you will take me out of this. So when you come into worship God, something happens in the Spirit. Amen? Understand that even the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, not because of the tanks, the ammunitions, not the swords, of javelin, or whatever. It came down with what? Worship. The whole army of Israel marched every single day, and they shouted. They sang. That's what they, they did. And what was happening in the spiritual world was beginning to take place in the visible world. And last week we've talked about faith, right? It's the evidence, right? Of things not seen. So when you worship God today, something happens in the spiritual world. Amen? So when you are faced with a tough battle, maybe tomorrow or maybe even now you're facing that battle, Worship God. Trust me, when you worship God, something will happen. Why? 
because we are coming from a standpoint of victory. Amen? It is already done. When Jesus died on that cross, we all know His famous line, it is finished. We just need to understand where we're coming from, from a standpoint of victory. You know, when you, when you look at that picture, when you look at the giant, he's not as big after all, right? See, in that, in that, in that moment, David, David won that battle. But what's really interesting is this. Saul could have won this battle as well. Saul, King Saul could have won this battle. What happened was is that Saul and Israel, or the, the nation of Israel, broke off their covenant with God. What are we saying? How did this happen? How can the Israelites or Saul break off this covenant? Let me show you. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 11. You all know this story, right? This beginning of the story. On hearing the Philistines' words, or, or Goliath, what happened? Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. You see, fear breaks off the covenant with God. Fear breaks off our covenant with God. What covenant? Okay, let me just read you in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1 to 4. This is quite interesting. This is the time when Moses was um, addressing the whole nation of Israel. And God wanted him to say this to the, to the whole nation. Okay, this was like, you know, the covenant of God between His people. And this was God saying, When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, what does it say? Do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt will be with you. The next verse says, When you are about to go into what? Battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. And what was the premise? Do not be faint-hearted or do not lose heart or be afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic. How many of you get panic attacks? <laughs> How many of you get stress? Most of us do, right? But this is a covenant that God made. And what was, what was, what was to come in this covenant was this, in verse 4. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for your, uh, against your enemies to give you what? Victory. Can you imagine? They broke off their covenant with God simply because they were afraid. Are you here this morning? Can you see what's happening in our day-to-day lives when we get afraid of the situation that we are faced with? What happens is that when we fear, we miss out on God's promises, guys. Am I, am I talking to the right crowd? We are missing on God's promises. 
Can you imagine every single day of your life, a Goliath comes out to you and tells you, you can't do it. You're, you're going to suffer. Your business will go down. Your debt will eat you up. Your cancer will kill you. No. What we fight or what, we, what, what happens when we, when we fear our situations, what happens is that we break off our covenant with God. Same thing with Saul. Do you know the reason why God took the throne away from him? Because he feared on what people would say if he didn't do the job of a priest. He feared what the people would say. The Israelites, same thing happened. What did they want? They wanted a king because they feared for their lives, not understanding that God was their king. The fact that they asked God to give them a king through King Saul now, they broke off covenant already. And think about that today, every time we fear, yes, I'm talking to us, every time we fear, we break off covenant, we don't see the, the promises of God in our lives. Amen? So you got to wake up today and see that, hey, I don't need fear today. You face, your, you face your giant tomorrow, you tell your Goliath, I'm not going to fear today. Because I'm holding on to the promises of God. I can trust my God. Amen? And see this, in Romans chapter 14, 23, what does it say? Last week we've talked about this. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. It's still connected, guys. Till this day, we live by faith and not by sight. So as we end, I want to end with this main point. If you know who your God is, it will lead you to worship Him. Amen? And you know, simply put, I want to, I want to give you another scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love. Can you say that with me? There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And the perfect love of God was already shown at the cross. Colossians 2, 13-15 says, He forgave us all our sins. He has canceled the written code with its regulation that was against us. And that stood opposed to us. Remember, Goliath opposed to us. Guess what? He took it away. Jesus took it away, nailing it to the cross and having what? Disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of triumphing over them by what? The cross. Guys, Jesus won. Amen? And today, as if you are, if you are saying that I am a Christian, I am a son and a daughter of God, we have to be in that standpoint of victory. We need our faith. Amen? Not to fear. Because when you fear, you break off the covenant. Amen? We hope you were inspired by that message. 
Watch out for more updates on coming events in our website at www.victoryalabang.org. You can also be part of the family by liking us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang and following us on twitter.com slash victoryalabang. Thank you and stay connected.